What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My name is Don Stott. I am a father who experienced estrangement from one of my adult children firsthand. Welcome to Beyond the Pain, a place where parents of estranged adult children can find peace and healing. In each episode, I hope to share stories that'll help you through some of your darkest hours. To bring this out of the shadows and stop being ashamed. Then to build you up and inspire you to love yourselves even more. Hello, I want to start by reminding you that I am not a therapist or a doctor. I'm just a guy who's been there and wants to help you have a life past our estranged children. If you need mental help coping with this or have thoughts of hurting yourself or someone else, please seek professional help. In today's episode, we're going to continue the interview with Tim, a father of three girls who also experienced estrangement. So I apologize. It's been a couple of weeks. My computer had an issue I just got it fixed um, and am able to get this uh, back out to you guys. So, again, I apologize for the delay. I hope you um, found some comfort, some uh, inspiration, maybe, in the first part of the interview. I, again, want to thank Tim for being part of it. I do believe that it really will help someone out there going through this. Especially to hear from a father's point of view, we're we're kind of rare. So, anyway, uh, with no further ado, I am going to continue with that interview. And okay. uh, 
raised them primarily in Colorado, the, okay. my oldest, born in 1986. Around, so the estrangement started in, in two, around 2011. While my youngest daughter, uh, and that was the end of 2011, my youngest daughter, she reached out to me suddenly uh, via text, I think. And wanted to have coffee. And I, that was, you know, a lot of times when I would wish them a happy birthday or a happy holiday, I'd say, I'd love to see you. Maybe we could have coffee or something like that. Well, she wanted to do it. So, of course, I was on board with that. Sure. And I, I met her for coffee and I came to find out that she was on the outs with her mother and her sisters. And huh. it wasn't exactly clear to me why i still don't know why it could have been that she wasn't working and was laying around maybe the house and the other girl and her sisters were in, in their careers you know viewed the, their young sister being lazy i don't know i don't know but right. she was on the outs and she it dawned on her that the way she was feeling about being kicked out of that huh. little group she could suddenly empathize with maybe how I was feeling about being estranged from my daughters. And mm. she felt bad about that. And I was like, hallelujah. Right. You know, this is great. Well, let me tell you, first of all, I forgive you. So let's move on. And indeed we did. And it was great. We, she would, she moved in with me and with my lovely wife who was you know not used to having a young adult living <laughs> yeah and because my second wife never has had children she's a marriage and family therapist of all things and loves working with children but has never had any of her own so my youngest now was living with us now when she moved in here's what i told her i said i know you're on the outs with your mom but I am not going to let you move in here and hide. I expect you to go down. This is the co-parenting thing. Right. I expect you to go down and visit your mother from time to time. I'm not saying, you know, you need to be down there every other day. Right. But if I sense that you're hiding out up here, I'm going to call you on it. And I expect you to, and I want you to do the same thing with your sisters. You need to stay in touch. With that side of the family, you can't move in here and just hide out. And that's I and I followed through with that. And she did stay in touch with her mother. But it was very tense because the environment was that the game being played was as long as you're against dad, you're in the cabal. Yeah, you're involved with dad. You're not part of the group anymore. So oh, goodness. my youngest was staying in touch with her mother and her sisters, but it was not an enjoyable, you know, I didn't blame her for not wanting to spend very much time with them. Right. Um, but all, at the same time, we were strengthening our relationship and it grew leaps and bounds. I mean, it was the best relationship I'd ever had with her even though we had a pretty solid relationship when she was growing up. Right. Um, even with the drinking, we were, we were closer. 
I had more spare time when she came along than I did when her sisters were born. Right. And I Makes chose sense. to spend with her. Yeah. 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 So we were we were very close in relationship for a couple of years. And I met her uh her boyfriend who became her fiance. He's a terrific guy, big strapping dude, captain of the football team and this and that. Really, I really had liked this guy. I was so tickled that she had met him. But then uh, after a couple of years, she would come down about every couple of weeks on Sunday, and I would fix her and her boyfriend breakfast. I would cook pancakes and stuff. And yeah, we'd hang yeah. out for a few hours, and <clears throat> it was a lot of fun. And then they'd go. They lived up, up in Fort Collins, and I lived down here near Boulder. And um, then I noticed that I think a special day came and went, and I didn't hear from her. It could have been Father's Day. Maybe. I think maybe it was Father's Day. And I thought, well, you know, maybe she just forgot or whatever. I didn't make a big deal out of it. And I certainly didn't hear from her sisters. Right. But then, uh, you know, her visits to the house became spaced out further and further apart, like maybe three weeks we would see her, maybe a month. And then my birthday came and went and she didn't reply. So then I sent her a text and I said, Megan, I don't know if anything's going on, but my spidey sense is telling <laughs> yeah, yeah. me something is up. What's going on? And all of a sudden, I get this blistering text that she had developed a relationship with a therapist and that I was uh, toxic and, and you know, toxic and needed to be, uh, you know, she needed to remove me from her life so I wouldn't be toxic to it. And I, I can't remember what all it said. I kept it. I still got that text. Or it's an email. Actually. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell? I mean, if we were, I, I asked my, I begged my wife to tell me, did I ever do anything during those two years that we were hanging out that would have made her feel this way? Right. And she said, absolutely not. It was, there was not even a raised voice in two years because there was no need to. Right. It came completely out of the blue after two years of exemplary behavior on my part, I felt. Yeah. Um, you know, I could have been very resentful about the stuff she sent to me before. Right. Uh, but you were. She came to this realization, but I didn't hold that over her at all. Right. And yet. All of a sudden, I'm re-estranged. And so that's where it stands to this day. And I realized by the tone of the message, I thought, well, number one, she was still kind of on the outs with her mom and her sisters because she was having a relationship with me. Even though it was waning, it was still there. Right. And I think that it the pressure just got to be too much and she needed to rationalize a way to, to boot me out so she could be back in with her cabal. Mm. And 
I, I think that's kind of what went down. And she subsequently got married and didn't invite me. You know, I, I was a little disappointed with her now husband. I figured maybe he would help talk some sense into her or something because he saw how I was for those two right. years. And he never saw, you know, I certainly didn't drink, no raised voices, no cursing, you know. We didn't talk politics very much. Right. It was very loving and friendly. And yet, boom. So I'm back to square one. And so that happened in about 2017. So the oldest two I've been estranged from for nine years. And the youngest I've been re-estranged from for three years. And they don't respond to anything that I send. Wow. Um, yeah. And I don't know what's worse. You know, I mean, yeah, I kind of know what's worse because we've kind of already covered that. But, you know, when you go through it a second time or a third time or whatever, because I've heard those stories from other people in the group, too. You know, they they tried, they tried, they tried. They came back and then they did it all over again. And it was like going all the way back to the beginning. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, I've and only worse sometimes, yes. you know. Yes, yeah, I realize I'm not alone, but man, I did not see that coming. I thought this is a model of father daughter relationship, right. and this she can go tell her sisters how good it is, and I will have the same relationship with them. But instead, I was lectured and judged. To be a toxic, I don't even know where that can't. I would love to meet that therapist who never met me in her life, who made that kind of judgment on me, right? Based on one side of this story. Yeah, I I hear that a lot too from the people in our group that their kids went to a therapist, and yes, I'm using quotes because I yeah. don't know if they're yeah. real, you know, yeah. but they went to a therapist and same thing oh they're toxic you know you yeah. need to cut them out of your life how can you make that call with not knowing the person exactly. barring what we've already discussed you know yeah. some severe abuse well, of some sort you know well, that's where you know <laughs> that 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 term abuse is so open right. to interpretation i it is I think that, you know, what, what one person would consider to be abuse, verbal or, you know, mm -hmm. physical is pretty, pretty obvious. I mean, somebody right. smacked me around. Sexual, obvious. But the verbal and emotional, I think yeah. it's wide open for abuse by therapists to make this claim. Oh, well, based on what you said, yeah. he's, a, he's emotionally abused you and he's toxic or whatever. So yeah. your your current wife being a therapist, what does she think of when she hears that? She went ballistic. Um, she felt like, you know, there's just no way that that therapist would have been in a position to make that kind of a judgment. Oh. And, you know, I thought maybe there was even malpractice involved in this kind of thing. But I think they're protected from that kind of thing. And anyway, yeah, I'm not, not going to go suing people anyway. I just yeah. thought 
how sad this is that um, somebody can have that negative of an impact on somebody's life and charge them 125 an hour for the privilege. <laughs> right, right. You know? It's, wow. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a good word you've been using, sad. You know, that's all you can, you know. It is, it is sad. Yeah. But I, I still hold out hope that I, I had an, an interesting, this will be just a little bit of an aside, but uh, my oldest did suddenly reach out cryptically during tax season. She sent me a, a like a, a, a very short sentence like, Dad, I need your help. And I immediately responded with, I'm here and happy to help you. How can I help you? Right. And that she ended up being intoxicated. Oh. And that text string slowly devolved. You know, I was trying to be positive. I thought this is the first communication I've had in, you know, eight years. Right. But in short order, it was I was being called names. Um, accusations were made about uh, friends of mine that had, you know, potentially molested her that I knew nothing about. Um, But I was being held responsible for. And it, it, so I said, I finally had to shut it down. Um, I said, please reach back out to me when you're sober. Yeah. And I've never heard another word. So mm-hmm. she she herself, I fear, has developed a dependence on alcohol. So you can see how this curse goes through generations. Yeah, it, it happened in my family, too. I was fortunate um, that I did not continue it. I, uh, I just didn't have the desire to and didn't have the... Yeah whatever whatever circumstance it didn't didn't hit me but it did with uh, several other members of my family so i know it's it's uh yeah it's an awful disease so it, it is it is and it truly meets the definition of disease but yeah if you try to talk about it like that with people that you've hurt then they just hear you making excuses right but you, you wouldn't treat somebody with cancer like Addicts are treated. Addicts are treated horribly, yeah. and they're isolated. And it's just a, it's a very sad state of affairs. The whole topic of recovery that we still yeah. have a lot of of improvements to make in that area. Agreed. Agreed. It you know it does feel good to talk about it, and you you. Frankly, Don, you've got kind of a therapist personality about you, so it's very easy to talk to you. But um, it does does help to talk about it. But, you know, it doesn't, in the end of the day, it doesn't bring father and daughter back together just talking about it. And I, you know, I can't, you know, in the 12-step program, there's a thing called the serenity prayer. Right. And it goes like this, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Well, I camp on that first line 
I can't change. You know, I need serenity over what I cannot change. Yeah. And I I cannot change what has happened. No. And it's, you know, you, I mean, people have killed themselves over these situations. I mean, it is that devastating. It is. And, you know, especially, you know, there are so many situations I've heard of that, similar to ours, that you've got a great relationship as far as you know no no even issues like like you've discussed nothing right. and then right. all of a sudden boom yeah. you know something happens and and then you you don't even get the chance to defend yourself to to work through it they're, they're just done you know yeah. so yeah it's it's um it's mind numbing and i i think i think some of it's that these other therapists and I think some of it is, um, oh, what do you call it? Um, I can't think of the word now, but well, the, this whole cancel culture, I think, yeah. encapsulates some of it. It does. If you don't say and think the right things, for sure, then you need to be canceled. Yeah, and that may be your cancel as a parent. <laughs> yeah, and it's happened to a lot of good people, you know, um, and, and I'm sure it's happened to people that aren't, you know, the greatest parents in the world or or that were doing things that they really shouldn't do or whatever. But it's happened to a lot of people that I I believe and I know from talking to them that it wasn't wasn't like that. You know, yes, you had some issues, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You you were dealing with those issues, and you're dealing with those every single day of your life. I'm sure, you know. So, if they don't give you the opportunity to at least try to make amends and try to do it, yes. So they heard you. They obviously didn't take it seriously or think you did it well enough or whatever. Yeah. But now they they don't even give you the opportunity to show that you've changed you know so that's i know i know i i and and you know i think the mainstream thought about personality change is that man once once that personality is formed it's not gonna change and i i can somewhat accept that however when addiction enters the situation yeah. It changes your personality phenomenally. And when you sober up, you oftentimes change yet again because right. you don't have those addictive personality, you know, quirks got activated. Yeah. And so you, you know, but if you hold on, if you just simply dismiss everybody that, well, he was, a, he was a butthole, you know, 10 years ago. So he'll be a butthole forever. It's always going to be that way. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, I'm willing to give somebody, because of my own experience, I'm going to give them second and third chances to change. Now, you know, after three or four times, then you might say, well, that's pretty much how they are. But um, but I, I don't think I've been given that, you know, that that kind of uh, grace 
with my kids. They, um, they, they haven't seen me in nine years. I've grown phenomenally in nine years. And what have they missed? And, you know, and, you know, for whatever demons you might have, what have they missed? You know, you certainly have things to contribute to them, you know, just being a father and being a person, you know, so it's, it's, it's kind of sad for them, you know, even though they're the ones being buttholes, (laughs) it's kind of sad for them because, you know, they're missing out. It's sad all around. It's sad all around. Yeah. And I, you know. I can think of some some influences in their lives that uh, one of them being the university that my two older daughters went to. Uh, they went in with a certain light view and came out completely changed in their light view and how they felt about things. And we're hearing and, that a lot. These, especially these days. Since I helped form the original life view that they had going into college, I felt that that was the appropriate life view, at least for me. They need to go make their own decisions. But for them to do a 180 degree turn because of what's going on in these university campuses and come out to have them lecture me on male patriarchy. I mean, they sat at my table and talked about my male privilege and my white oh my goodness. privilege. I can't even remember all the terms they used. And I was just inside, I was laughing, thinking here they have just finished these fancy university educations on my dime that I earned, I guess, as being this ogre of a white patriarchal male. Yeah. And I, but I was just like, oh, my God, my daughters have swallowed that stuff hook, line and sinker. I regret sending them to that particular school. Yeah. But, well, you know, the damage is done. Now, maybe it's not damaged. Maybe they are right and I'm wrong. I don't know. But um, but you'll they, never be able to know either way if they don't give you the opportunity to. Right. tackle that you know i mean uh, that's I the thing and then this this idea of canceling people that have viewpoints and political positions different than you what are you gonna are you just gonna surround yourself with people that believe the same as you right. I mean, that's not a very rich life i like being around people that think differently than i do sure I learn from them, and I don't mind if they're raving, you know, opposites in in terms of politics. Right. I see the crazier you are, the better. I, the more I want to talk to you. Yeah. How'd you come to that conclusion? Where, really, I hadn't thought about that. Maybe, yep. maybe there's something to what you you know. But nope. if I just surrounded myself with people that thought just like me, I'd never grow. Nope, I've done some growing myself in that regard this year, and uh, it's quite interesting. So, okay, so how about this? Um, 
if if you could give advice to someone that you found going through this, what's is there something that you would off the top of your head that you would say? Well, I um, first of all, I would refer them to your Facebook page so that they can quickly learn that they are not alone. In fact, they are in good company, and that they'll find strength through that. I think uh, you you're going to have to be patient. You're going to you can't you know if, like I said about that Serenity Prayer there. There are things you cannot change. If a child is determined to be estranged from you, crying to them about it, sending them gifts, calling, texting, mailing, trying to surprise visit, none of it will work. It's not going to end well. Yeah. It's not going to end well. In fact, it's probably going to make things worse. So, you know, in terms of advice, I, I would say that you take a the way I did it was I was pretty low key now I grant you when they first said they weren't going to have anything to do with me I was so surprised that I I think I sent them you know I like I sent them the music and stuff like that right and and more frequent texts but I settled into a pattern of observing special holidays and their birthdays and I just simply text them, you know, a loving message. And I invite them to uh, to get together and have coffee or something like that. And I tell them I love them. And that's it. Now, I never get a response. Right. Uh, but I don't do. So I, I, I touch them now maybe three or four times a year. And that's yeah. it. And I and I patiently sit back and wait and hope that they'll be healing. But I I don't know how it's going to happen if they're not willing to communicate. I, yeah. It's going to take something divine or something. I don't know. It is. It, it sure is. Um, yeah. Um, I know it was the same for me, you know, and it was just just didn't make any sense you know just tell me because you assume like we said earlier you assume oh my god the worst possible things yeah you know and and like when you're telling other people and i know there's even with me there was only a few people that i told some of my closest friends because nobody would understand nobody people would think well what did you do you know yeah yeah, and what even if you, they didn't say it, you would think they're going to say it. All you got to do is get that once from somebody and right. you're not going to do make that mistake again. And you especially know. when you're a guy like you yeah. and me, their first thought, I fear, is that they think I've sexually abused my children and that's why they don't want anything to do with me. It's like yeah. you get judged immediately on that. Absolutely, you do. Um, yeah. and it, it just makes you hard to have any relationship, you know, cause, right. cause somebody's going to say, Hey, how's your daughter's doing? <laughs> what do you, um, I have no idea. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't, that, those are difficult situations. They are. Yeah. yeah. 
I have a lot of people again in the, in the group that talk about it. And it's like, you know, it's, it's hard because, you know, you want to once, if somebody knows you very well, they're probably going to see it on your face. Right. You know, and if they don't, then you're just going to have to lie through it. You know? Well, I do. I do. Yeah, Yeah. I make that, I make a distinction. I'm like, you know, are you just being polite and just kind of asking how's your family kind of a thing? Well, that's, then everything's fine. But if it's a close friend or something and they're really, you know, leaning in, how are things really going? Have you heard from? Right. You know, no, I I haven't. My heart's broken and, you know, I don't know when it's going to be settled, but it's not settled right now. No. That sucks. It really does. Yeah. So, um, I have so many people and, and me in the beginning, you know, it was like, it was difficult for me to be angry at them, you know, because I just felt like it wasn't, I didn't know what was going on. So I didn't feel like it was right and whatever. And I had to come to realization that, listen, I don't know anything. I don't know why. And at least on some part, they're responsible for some of what's going on. So right. it's okay to be angry with them, you know, until you right. have anything different to go on. It's okay to be angry with them. Um, yes. But, you know, letting those things, either the, you know, the crying or getting mad or sad or whatever I just had to come to terms with that myself. And I think it's important for people to do, you know, and, you know, if you don't want to be out in front of other people doing it, I get that, you know, especially, especially us guys, you know, but, um, I think it's, I'll tell you, I, I was, I treated the emotion of anger very gingerly. Yeah. Because something told me that if I let that fester, if I just, if I get angry about this, it's going to grow and grow and grow because, and I was angry. I mean, I, I, I was, sure. but I would, I would tamp it down. I mean, I couldn't help but think thoughts like, you know, I protected you and raised you from the moment you were born i committed and devoted a hundred percent of my income and efforts to successfully raising you and protecting you and clothing you and teaching you and and to have you suddenly have nothing to do with me yeah that that can make a person angry i mean it's just like very ungrateful but you know, when I would start down that path, I'd say, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. You know, recognize your part in it. Don't forget right. your part. Mm-hmm. That That's would, good. That would mean, tamp it down. Now, for you, you know, and for some that are completely blindsided and truly have not done anything, I don't know how they, how they, I mean, that's just so cruel to estranged from somebody like that but yeah i think like you said earlier with the kids in the university i think some of it is is there you know as with other things in society right now 
I think some of it is just just generation how they view things I guess I don't know you know back in even my day and my my mom was my dad was kind of out of the picture you know so my mom raised us and she did the best she could but she was a single mom she worked two three four jobs you know so you said earlier about being pretty free and easy with your time and so were we you know we had no I could be out to whenever and wherever I wanted to be you know I was a good kid, so I didn't do a lot, but, you know, I could have been. Oh, and, I took uh, full advantage, John, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> so, but back in those, you know, I hate to say the sound like that, but back in the day, you know, um, we would still go home to our parents. Even, you know, even when we grew up, we would still talk to our parents, and, you know, we wouldn't do that. You know, right. it, it seems strange. to be the last yeah. 10 or was... 15 years, it's just... I would have never thought. Now, I remember one time copping an attitude toward my dad <laughs> after yes. my mom and dad were divorced. Yeah. Well, one time where it got so bad that I decided I didn't want to see him. Yeah. And I so I started boycotting. I was estranged from him yeah. for like maybe six months. And it just completely unnerved me that. He went along just fine without me. And all my siblings were down there and he had a big pool and they were having fun, going on vacations and life was good. And here I was over in the corner pouting over something. And I said, this is stupid. So I went down like the prodigal son. I said, I've been eating, you know, pea pods with the pigs. Will you take me back? And he did. And he just laughed about it. You know, yeah, and I yeah. was like, why did I do that? But it wouldn't have never crossed my mind to say, I never want to see that bastard again. Right. I mean, right. I, I would have never done that. I mean, like I, mean, I said, my dad was out of the picture and I always wanted to have some sort of relationship, but I right. never did. Right. So I even if he had if he had come back and wanted to have a relationship. You'd have been on. I would have been great. You know, yeah. I'd have been, I'd have loved that, you know, because I had nothing like that. Just to, just to wrap that up, just like you were saying, Don, that it, it may be a generational thing. I think so. I mean, so. I just think we, we were raised with, to have, you know, even with wayward parents, we were still instructed to respect our parents, you know, to, Honor, honor your mother and father, and uh, I think that that somehow is, did not get passed down. I don't know if it was because we were so permissive with our kids, or right. I, I just don't know. But now it feels like human beings are just toss away items that they don't think and do like you want them to. Uh, you just toss them away and get you another one that, yeah you know, comports to your worldview. Sad, but true. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine after all of what we've talked about, um, but after going through all this, is there, is there anything that maybe unexpectedly aside from obviously you're, you're estranged from your daughters, but is there any maybe positive things that have, reared their head you know out of this darkness of yours 
Um, you know, there, there are some good things. Um, I would say that I have developed a much better sense of what I will accept in terms of behavior from other people. I think for a long time when I was married to my first wife, I was very much a people pleaser, you know, wanted everybody to be happy and um, consequently got walked on a lot. Sounds it was very all, familiar. Okay. Well, and, um, but that's just what I did. And I did that for a long time. And, um, but of course, some of those years I was drinking, but now being sober and, and having gone through this with my daughters, I realized that I will never, ever again accept poor treatment and behavior from my children, you know, I, or from anybody for that matter. Um, it is life's too short. And, um, besides the people that are behaving that way are generally somewhat miserable themselves already. I, it's just, uh, it's a, it can be a, a vicious cycle. And so I, I think that I've, I've learned a lot about myself and I've, I've learned about, you know, I guess you would call it this thing called boundaries. You know, I don't want to use all the psycho buzzwords, but, you know, boundaries is a, is a good yeah. uh, concept. I've developed boundaries because of this. And um, I've learned how to manage, you know, a range of emotions that I used to just kind of drink away or not acknowledge. Mm -hmm. So there, there's good. There's good. It's, you know, it's I not, mean, no, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't offset. Sure. No, no, but you know, at least if there's something that you may have learned out of it, I guess, yeah. take that for what it's worth, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, Lots. Lots has been learned. Lots yeah. has been learned. <laughs> if for some reason any of your daughters heard this, is there anything you would say to them? I would love to rebuild and have a relationship with each one of them. Yeah. And there's, you know, the story of the prodigal son in the Bible is very moving because it's not so much that the son's heart is turned back to the father. It's what the father does when he sees the son coming way far in the distance. What does that father do? He gets up and he runs yeah. to that wayward son. And I, I would that's... just to know that I would do the very same thing. I would get up and I would run to them. We would kill the fatted calf and we would feast. <laughs> and it would be it would be wonderful. But you know, I can't do it by myself. I, I can't. You can't. No, you 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 can't. Um 
there has to be some halfway there, unfortunately. Um, but who knows? What hey, the I'll holds. go 90%. They only need to go 10. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Give me an opening. I know. I was I was the same way with, with my son. I was like, he gave me that little opening about yay big, and I pushed my way through it. So yeah. I'm like, okay, so you give me the opportunity. You said you're okay with talking, so let's talk. Let's yeah. get this done and whatever. And I love it. it's, it's, it finally worked out. So, um, well, I, I, I know, I know this has been, you know, probably a little bit of a roller coaster. I appreciate you coming on and being willing to put it out there for, for our listeners and for yourself. Um, you know, is there, Anything else that you can think of that you would like to share that we haven't already talked about? Um, any thoughts, final thoughts, or, or anything? Oh, I just encourage everybody that's going through this to be kind to themselves. Don't ruminate on what might have caused this. It is what it is. Be kind and gentle to yourself and be patient because it could be a long haul. And Live your life. Don't don't sit around waiting for them to come back. You've got to move on. That doesn't mean you forget them. But you go on and continue to experience life and all its fullness and enjoy. And not in anger and frustration and rumination over these things. It's it is what it is. That's great advice. I uh, have. uh, again in the group and the people that I've talked to tried to express that and, and a lot of other people in the group too. And that's certainly not just me, but um, you know, they, uh, you know, everybody goes through their times, you know, today you're really strong and then tomorrow you might be the one that needs somebody to be strong for you. So, you know, it's uh, it's definitely a, a crazy roller coaster. So, um, but uh, well, I think it'll help. Um, someone and if it helps one person you know feel a little bit better for a, even a short time then you know that it's more than my day. <laughs> one person make my day yep yep i agree and you know when i started this i just thought well i'll i'll just do this it's it's for me and it's for them and if i can help a person or two then i'm 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 good and I've had really good response and, um, you know, people reach out to me like you did and uh, want to be part of the show and, and, and telling their story. And I think that's really important because if you can hear from a lot of different angles, uh, then thank you for what you've done um, on this topic and all the resources that you made available. I, you know, I really appreciate it. It's, it's helped me enormously. So keep up the good work. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So, uh, and I definitely, definitely will do that. So I really hope some of this resonated with, uh, with some of you. I want to, first of all, and foremost, give a big shout out to Tim. It was 
you know, it's it's not easy to put all of that out there to uh, to others, but I think it's really important for others to actually hear the voice of someone who has gone through it. Like I said, it's it's not an easy thing to do, but but I think the interview went really well. I think that a lot of people will benefit from hearing Tim's voice, hearing the the struggles that he went through and that continue to go through, but that he is able to, at least in some way, move forward with his own life. So, not that that's easy, and Tim has struggles every day, just regarding estrangement, like all of us do, but there is hope. There can be hope at the end of all of that. I think that's the point. So if you would like to join the Facebook group that that we've mentioned in the interview and in my previous episodes, the link is in the description. If you do decide to join, please make sure you answer all four of the questions. That's real important just to make sure that we understand who's joining and to make sure that make sure we have the people that need to be there. I would appreciate it if you would share my podcast with anyone that you might feel could use it. Also, if you would like to be interviewed for the show, feel free to email me. I think it, again, I think it helps to have plenty of voices be heard. It's not just all about my voice, clearly. Everyone has their own way of dealing with things and I think helping others to navigate this is the key to us being able to heal as much as we can. So if you're new to the podcasting arena, which I was when I first started doing this, welcome. If you're not sure where else you can find it, It is on all of the major podcasting sites, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, and Podbean. Again, you can email me at beyondthepainpodcast at gmail.com. And please remember to live beyond the pain. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.